0: Welcome to Unstoppable Success Radio. I am your host, Kelly Roach, and I am thrilled to have with me today the financial rock star, Scott Allen Turner. Scott, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Kylie. Glad to be here.
0: All right. We're going to have some fun today. So Scott is the financial rock star who went from money moron at age 22 to a self-made millionaire 13 years later. He's an early retiree who spends his time helping people get out of debt faster, save more money, and retire rich. He's also the radio and podcast host of The Scott Allen Turner Show and best-selling author of 99-Minute Millionaire. So Scott, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you very much.
0: All right. So who doesn't want to retire early, get out of debt faster and save more money? I don't know. Uh, I think everybody listening today uh, has their ears perked up. So let's go ahead and dive right in. I'm sure that there were some high highs and some low lows that led you to the path that you're on today. So do you want to share a bit of that backstory and kind of how you uh, discovered that this was really the, the path for how you wanted to make an impact?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I came out of college like most people without knowing a lot about money, didn't learn about it growing up, didn't learn about it in school, so I came out with student loans, got into some credit card debt, bought my first car after I got my first job, and fell into the cycle that a lot of people get into, the paycheck-to-paycheck cycle. Mm -hmm. That continued for a number of years. I did pay down my student loans, but then I had this wonderful boss who gave me some advice, say, you should go out and buy as much house as the bank will let you, which I just about did, so... One day I woke up, I had a really big mortgage, an empty bank account, some nice furniture that the lender owned and a really expensive car payment. And I realized, ah, this is not a good situation to be in. It was like my financial awakening at age Mm -hmm. 25.
0: Wow. Yep. And I think lots of people have gotten lots of bad advice as such along the way. Um, so so on the path to kind of uh, recovery, what would you say were some of the biggest transformations that you personally went through that went from, you know, struggling and in debt to being debt free and, and self-made millionaire?
1: The first big decision I made was to sell my expensive car. And I, I was young. I had a good income, single, no kids. So I had a, a really, really nice Porsche with an $800 a month car payment. So, really the bank owned it. I just kind of drove it on their behalf. But I realized, you know, this is not great. So I sold it. I unloaded it. I went out and bought a used truck that I paid cash for $6,500. And that allowed me to start building up an emergency fund, paying down my mortgage, getting out from under this burden of debt, and sleeping well at night. That was a big uh, change in my life.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I know one of the things that you like to talk a lot about is how you can save $1,000 on your expenses. Um, tell me a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. When I started learning about finance, I was listening to this guy on the radio. He goes, His name is Clark Howard. He's a consumer advocate. He's been on the radio, uh, syndicated national radio host for the past 30 years. I started listening to him and over the course of the first year of listening to him, I saved $1,000. I followed a lot of his tips and I condensed them down in, as well as some of my own so that people can save $1,000 in one week. The first big thing I did was I went out and shopped for some decent auto insurance. I was overpaying for that. Uh, Shopping for groceries was one of the big expenditures that I did. A lot of little things, utilities, saving money around the house. Um, In this, I've got an email series, How to Save $1,000 in One Week, on my website. But there's probably about 50 or 60 little things you can do with no impact to your lifestyle. I mean, you won't notice any difference in your lifestyle, but it just saves money.
0: Mm, that's interesting because I think that's the biggest thing that uh, people don't want to have to compromise the little things that they love, right? And the, the things that they enjoy in order to save money, they kind of want to have a balance there. So what are some of the other things that um, maybe people are overspending on that they don't even realize that they could make those changes around because, hey, small business owners, I, I know you guys, I hear from you guys all the time that you want to do Facebook advertising or you want to hire help in your business and you're struggling to afford it. So, you know, that thousand bucks a week uh, or a month, whichever the case, can make a big, big impact there. So what are some of those other things, Scott?
1: A big one, especially for small business owners, and I'm a serial entrepreneur, I've had eight companies over the past 15 years. When I learned about negotiating, you can call your vendors and your service providers, whoever you've got, and just ask for a lower price. When I did that, I think I spent a few hours on the phone one day and I managed to save, I want to say about $1,000 a month from across all my different vendors. That was internet service providers, the marketers that I'd use. Now, I was a really good customer. I had been with some of these people for years, but I didn't know, hey, you can get on the phone with them and just say, uh, do you have a better rate for me? Or, you know, I've been a really awesome customer for the past 12 months. How about give me a 10% discount? And over and over again, I would get better deals. And it just saved a bunch of money. And it's just spending a few minutes on the phone, calling them, pleading your case. And it works about 90% of the time. And it's a really easy win. Mm
0: that's so funny my husband says that all the time he's like everything's negotiable he's like no one even tries to like negotiate anymore but you know most places will when approached but it's really interesting most people are just used to paying retail and so they kind of take it at face value but you're saying hey carve out a couple hours and and it's money back in the bank account you know as as fast as you uh, uh you know made the calls you're you're seeing money come back to you so that's great
1: yeah, it's interesting. Um, the American culture is one of the few cultures who the negotiating gene or the negotiating habit is not part of a, a who we are. Other cultures will do it all the time. As a small business owner, we'd get people calling in a customer service, and you can t- tell who's from the Asian region or different parts of the country because they'll say, hey, all right, you know, I want to buy your $50 product. Can I get it for $40? And it's shocking at first, but then you realize it's a culture thing mm-hmm. and it's OK. To, it's OK to ask for discounts. You know, the worst thing that you can say is no.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, you know, what are some of the keys? You know, I think everybody listening, um, even if they're doing work that they love, would would really enjoy being in a position where they didn't have to work if they didn't have to. You know, retiring early is a huge hot button for people. And, you know, it's, it's really just having the opportunity to have control over your own time time. So what would you say are like the three or four you know, key decisions that people need to make or things that they need to start doing today if they want to make that a reality?
1: The first thing is just tracking spending. It's really hard or it's nearly impossible to break away from an employer or even your own job if you want to go out and do something else if you're going to spend way more money than you have in the bank. And that's You know, the only way to be able to avoid that is, you know, how do I, how much do I spend each month Mm -hmm. or each year? Whatever that dollar amount might be. Let's say it's $5,000 you have each month in expenses. Then you get to figure out, all right, how much do I need to save? How long is that going to last me? Is it going to last me five years, 10 years, 20 years? What about the other big things that go along with it? Maybe you want to go on a really nice world tour for three months. What is the price tag of that? So starting where do what do I spend each month? How much am I going to need to finance over a certain period of time, and what are the big extras that go along with that that I might need down the road?
0: Okay, all right. And and so, what what kind of things did you put in place for yourself um, that kind of became automatics or or things that you kind of um, did daily or weekly to to get yourself in a position to make that transition personally?
1: Uh, budgeting is certainly a huge part of that, but having enough savings and really above and beyond what you think you might need. That's just extra cushion. It makes you sleep well at night. You don't have to worry as much. And for me, early retirement is a definition of you know, I work because I want to, not because I have to. Mm-hmm. Most pe- a lot of people think, "All right, I'm going to retire. I'm going to sit on the beach." And I know a bunch of people like this. And then it gets really boring yeah. <laughs> because <you're, laughs> yeah, your life exactly. your life yeah, your life has absolutely no purpose. You get sick of it after a while. Uh, the go- people who dream of playing golf every day, they realize, "All right, this is you know, not as exciting as I thought it was going to be. I want to go do something else. I want to contribute to society. I want to get some fulfillment. So having something to retire to is really important with that. Yes. Not, not just having something to retire from.
0: Couldn't agree more. And I think that is a huge, such a memorable statement, something to retire to, not something to retire from. And, you know, that's something I try to think about in my own business every single day. You know, I know I'm the kind of person that wouldn't want to just not work, you know. So I, I know that the key thing for me is building a business that I don't want to retire from, a business that is set up and structured in such a way that I choose to wake up every day and want to get to work because I enjoy what I'm doing. It's sustainable. It's manageable. And I think that's a key thing. You know, for for a lot of entrepreneurs, maybe they get themselves into a schedule um, or into an unmanageable workload with their businesses that, you know, makes them think that it is all about that that retirement like that line in the sand versus you know trying to construct something that really has the freedom and flexibility that that they want and that they crave while allowing them to still continue to serve and make a difference and you know building a business they still want to continue to work in whether they need to or not
1: yeah and, and sometimes it's retiring from or selling a business, getting away from something that you may not be as passionate about. And then, all right, now I can go out and finally start the cupcake shop that I've really dreamed of having for all these years because I really love cupcakes and sharing those with people, whatever it happens to be.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So I know one of the things that you talk about um, is what you learned from taking a $50,000 pay cut. And I, I think that's an interesting conversation. So I would love to kind of hear more and and see what what you gleaned from that experience.
1: Sure. I came from the corporate world. I worked for a couple of startups. Both of them got bought out by larger corporations. And I built up my first company with a couple of business partners. But I was working at as a side business on the evenings and on the weekends. And I did this for years, 60, 70, 80 hours a week. I was single, so it wasn't as big of a deal that time. I wasn't sacrificing quality time with my family or kids, just my own time and fun. And after doing that for three years, I just I reached a point of total burnout <laughs> because it's hard working that long for so many years and not really reaping the rewards of it. Those three years, I didn't make a dollar from that side business. We're just building it up in our free time. Mm-hmm. And I got to the day, I was like, I can't do this anymore, guys. Uh, do we have enough money so that I can pay my mortgage, uh, eat, pay my insurance? And that ended up being about 65% less than I was making at my corporate job. I posed a question to our CEO that was running the company. You know, can we pay me this minimum? He said, yeah, I'll get back to you. And the next day he did, said, yes, we have enough money. We can pay you the bare minimum so that you can survive. I resigned from my corporate job about one or two weeks later. And it was really, it was a freeing experience. Uh, It was rewarding. I got my life back, got my sanity back. It was a really low point in my life. The other things were going on. But in order to do that, I had this big safety net, which allowed me to do that. I had a six-month emergency fund, which I had saved up in case the worst happened. Uh, The business failed, something else occurred. I I would be able to make my mortgage, make my payments, and live off that. And when you don't have the debt obligations or the worry, can I pay the bills? That frees you up to do your best work. And that paycheck or that pay cut rather, I ended up making that back probably over the next 12 to 18 months plus Mm -hmm. because of all the time and the commitment and the focus I was able to put in this, what was now my full-time job. And the business just, it just took off. I mean, it grew like crazy.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. I think that, um, That's almost like a microcosm, I think, of, you know, the whole growth process of building your business. I think so often it's a very hard decision to make those significant investments, whether it be of your time or of your money in your business, you know, because of fear or, you know, hesitation or the what ifs, you know, what if it doesn't work? What if I don't get a return? You know, all of those things. But then you find, you know, on the flip side that, you know, it's only in making that investment that you then can get the return. And I think that's a really important lesson in entrepreneurship.
1: Yeah. And that is, in addition to that, since I teach people about personal finance now, since I was not burdened by debt in our business and it was not burdened by debt, meaning we didn't have a bunch of credit cards, we were cash flow positive, we didn't have to make the tough choices early on because we didn't have to make a loan payment or a credit card payment. Which is a big shift. If you're running a small business and you've started it, bootstrapped it, but you've thrown a bunch of money in it or you got the loan coming due or the credit card payment, you make vastly different decisions because you may run into a case, oh, we got to have a 50% sale and we got to launch it by noon today because we got to bring in some revenue and pay these bills. Well, if you're not in that situation, your business runs a lot differently, You make a lot better decisions.
0: Yes, Siri, you are absolutely right about that. And that's why I think it's so important for entrepreneurs to embrace sales and marketing because the power to maintain positive cash flow is going to be leads coming through, new clients closing, dollars and cents that are ringing the cash register every day. And I think that, you know, for many, we work so hard avoiding those things that a lot of the pain and stress and struggle that many entrepreneurs Go through it is because of that, which then creates those other things that you just spoke of: the debt, the credit cards, you know, the making bad decisions because you're kind of under a, a deadline, right? And it's and it's making decisions because you have to instead of you want to.
1: Yeah, I heard from Jim Cochran. He runs the Amazon fulfillment by Amazon course, very well known in the Amazon space. A couple months ago, he posed a question to some business people who were on a call, which was really an eye opener for me. He asked, you know, what would your life look like if you got an, a million extra customers tomorrow or a million extra dollars tomorrow for your business? Most of us would think that's the best thing ever. I would love to have that. That'd be perfect. Everything would be awesome. But then he said, no, your life would be a disaster. And so would your business because you wouldn't be able to support any of them Mm -hmm. as, as entrepreneurs and small business owners. We always want this rapid growth, you know, a hundred X sales increase by tomorrow. We're going to quadruple or 10 X our, Revenue this year and the number of customers and with this statement. I realize it's okay and really good if you're growing slowly and steadily rather than these massive leaps because you can take care of your customers. You can nurture them. You have better sales. You'll do better at marketing along the way and the thing that we believe we want the most the 10x gains the million extra customers really quick they can really torpedo a business pretty quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, that that makes total sense. One of my favorite words that I started talking about recently a lot, and I'm gonna be talking about a lot more, is the word sustainability. And I think it is like the perfect word for this moment in time in business and entrepreneurship because I find that a lot of what is being taught, shared, and promoted on social media and online marketing it is unsustainable. I think the schedules that people are keeping, um, the amount of hours that they're working, the way that they're running their businesses, it is quite unsustainable. And I think that one of the most important things in any business is to set up a sustainable business, a profitable business, you know, a, a, a business that can continue to grow and prosper over the years through changes in the economy, changes in platforms, changes in product, service, you know, platform. I I just think, you know, what you're saying there makes a lot of sense. And I think it ties right in with that message of, you know, building something that you can sustain and that you want to sustain over the long term versus something that you're going to want to or need to try and escape from.
1: Yeah, I completely agree with what you're saying. Another thing I've learned recently, which ties into that being sustainable, you want to sustain your life, your relationships, your finances as well. And that is just, you know, why are you, or why are you, why am I, why are we in business to begin with? And I started thinking about that. Oh, I want to grow a massive business and help a bajillion people. And then I ask, why? Why? And keep asking why and really drill down what we're, it is what is we're trying to get at. Is it financial independence? Is it early retirement? Do you want to have a million dollars in the bank? We don't really want a million dollars in the bank. We want some of the things that a million dollars might give us, which would be more time with the family. Well, now is the best time in your life to have more time with your family, just go spend time there. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's so important to know why you want what you want and and recognize that many times it is accessible and available to you now. And I think that's a really, really good point. Um, You know, Tony Robbins always talks about you know how uh he has the property in Fiji and you know does a lot of travel and stuff like that and he says you know it's really interesting people from other countries you know look at us and they kind of scratch their heads because we'll you know people from our country will go visit this beautiful tropical place and they say i'm going to go work for 50 years so that i can come back and retire here and like enjoy this beautiful place you know and other people are like living there on a tenth of the living expenses of what it costs to live here and just living a simpler lifestyle and enjoy um, the natural environment and the beautiful place now. And it's like we have a very kind of twisted mentality about the route to success and what success looks like. And, and I think bringing it back to that simplification is a, a great mindset shift for people there, Scott.
1: Yeah. Ultimately, what everyone, every single person down to a T wants is happiness. Mm-hmm. And everyone has to buy, define what that means to them. Uh, Society has got one definition, advertising, um, Has one definition, Madison Avenue, I want to say, (laughs) the the people are producing the commercials. You know, if you get this giant $10 million mansion and the Bentley in the front yard and you've got the tropical vacations, that's happiness. Well, there's a cost associated with that. You can be really happy on a modest income, living a very simple lifestyle. In fact, you can be equally as happy uh, going down that route.
0: Yeah. Well, and, and I mean, also a lot of people choose to live a simple lifestyle, although they have that financial capability because that allows them to both be financially wealthy and also enjoy those things by keeping it simple and, and having that, that money that they have worked so hard for and saved to be sustainable over time as well. So I think there's a, a lot of different dynamics to that. So I want to switch gears and spend a couple of minutes, Scott, talking about health and mindset. So, you know, I know that you talk a lot about the exercise habits and the routines that have contributed to building your wealth. And we actually have a segment on the show that we do once a month called Improve Your Health, Grow Your Wealth. And so I'm super interested to hear some of your personal best practices and rituals that you try to build into uh, your your life that you feel have helped in the process of of growing your wealth.
1: Sure. And just before that, they've done a lot of studies on millionaires and they find that the vast majority of them do exercise and take better care of their health and their well-being and focus on the foods that they eat. So that's one of the contributing factors to achieving great wealth. For me, I've worked out for a very long time. Some of it comes out of necessity because I did something to my back in college. So if I don't hit the gym for about three, maybe four weeks is the max I can go without hitting the gym. And then my back starts to get all kind of Kinds of funkiness in it, and I don't sleep well at night. You don't sleep well at night, and then you're a poor producer during the day. So it just kind of spirals out of control. So out of necessity, I kind of got to work out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't necessarily like going to the. I, well, let's be honest here. I would love to wakeboard or do fun things all the time. I don't like going to the gym and lifting weights, but I go because I know it's going to make me feel better. And then I walk on the treadmill every morning for 45 minutes. I get up have a drink of water, hit the treadmill. It's just upstairs. If it's nightless weather, I'll walk outside. So that's a habit that I've started doing over the past couple years. And that really starts my day. A, it gets it out of the way because I don't have to think about working out the remainder of the day. And it gives me a lot of energy. I find that when I load up on Five Guys Burgers and Fries, which is awesome, but I don't want to do that every day because I know I'm going to feel terrible afterwards. So generally eating healthy, 90% of the time, I do have a cheat meal. Each week. In fact, tonight we're going out for fried chicken. I'm really looking forward to it. But I had fish and, <laughs> I had fish and broccoli and rice for lunch. It's just sure. a healthy balance. There you
0: go. <laughs> Everything in moderation, right?
1: Yes. So for me, health is super important in my life. I found it makes me feel better. I have more energy, more focus. I do better at work and I'm just happier because of it.
0: Yeah. I mean, working out, exercise, it's definitely key to performance. I mean, bottom line. So, you know, I think that, uh, you know, we all struggle to make that a priority in our business growth strategy. But what I have learned as a business owner is that exercise actually is a key performance indicator. I actually pay for all of my employees' gym memberships for them. Um, and I ask them to work out a minimum of two to three times a week as part of their uh, role in our company because I believe so deeply that that impacts the energy level and the performance of, of each of us. So that's that's a great thing to hear from you. And um, what what are some other mindset-type rituals that you've found to really work in the wealth-building space for you.
1: I find that the following will affect personal life, relationships, spirituality, business. And that's just, I go out for walks and I do not listen to anything. I mean, sometimes I'm at the gym, I'm going to listen to music because it pumps you up, gets you going <laughs> to work out. But mm-hmm. probably I'd say three four times a week, I'll either go on a bike ride or I'll walk and I just won't listen to every, anything so that I can hear the quiet, think. And absolutely some of my best business ideas they have come up during those quiet times. I would challenge people it can spend 5 minutes in the morning just being quiet. So not answering email, not getting on the phone, not checking Facebook. That's a good activity. For me, I prefer to go out in a walk where it's quiet and then the mind just will go and it'll go and it'll go to different areas and you'll find really breakthroughs mm-hmm. in your life.
0: I totally agree. I, it's funny that you said that because I used to listen to audios or listen to a YouTube video or podcast or something like that when I go walking. And I do the same now, actually, I just have that be complete, quiet, like free space, open space. I think it's so rare now in our society to just like be quiet with yourself but i think that that is so powerful and that reflection and that time to just like be with your thoughts and and actually just like be quiet is incredibly valuable so i think that's a great tip for everyone so um before we wrap things up here um tell me a little bit about kind of what's happening in your business right now scott what are some of the exciting things that you're doing and what is the best way for people to get in touch with you
1: I'm super excited. My children's book, it's called Money A to Z, just got shipped off to my printer yesterday. And yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> I wrote a personal file. I have twin three and a half year olds. And about a year ago, I thought no, it wouldn't be great to teach them about money and alphabet at the same time. So I wrote a children's book and that'll be coming out pretty soon. Very excited about that. Uh, the best way to reach me is my website, Scott Alan Turner. That's A-L-A-N Turner dot com.
0: That's awesome. And uh, in terms of the listeners that we have here, well, first of all, I have a three and a half year old. So I will certainly be interested um, in the release of your children's book because I would love to uh, start down that path with her. at It's a perfect age to do it for sure. And um, I think you also have the book, The 99 Minute Millionaire. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah, I wrote that last year. I have a personal finance show, the Scott Allen Turner show, where I answer listener questions that one of the top questions I would always get and still do is how do I get started investing? And for me, I lost $40,000 being a stupid investor back in the day. I learned the right way to do it. So I walk people through, here's what a stock is. Here's what compound interest is. Here's the benefits of investing, why you should do it. And then it walks them through step by step how to become investor. Uh, by the end of the book and beating Wall Street while you're at and when I say beating, just beating the mainstream noise that's out there.
0: I love it. Awesome. Well, listen, Scott, thank you so much for all the value that you added today. Guys, you can check out his website at scottallanturner.com. And for all of our listeners of Unstoppable Success Radio, thanks so much for being here. And until next time, I want to remind you to dream big, take action, and don't stop until you make it happen. Thanks so much.